and welcome back to the Across the Pod podcast. It's time for another team season preview, and this time it's a turn of the champions, the Kansas City Chiefs. With me, I've got a returning guest. With me today is Brad Simcox. How are you, mate? I'm very good, mate. Thanks for having us back again. I think you're a bit of a good luck charm for us. (laughs) (laughs) I think I generally am because I've been to two live games involving the Chiefs. So all those times I've been to games that have involved the Chiefs, you've gone on and won the whole thing. So I was in New England in 2019, saw you guys beat the Patriots and Gillette, and they obviously went on to win the whole thing for the first time in God so many years. And then I went again last season for the Chiefs against the Raiders, and... (laughs) <laughs> well, what, what happens four months later? You, you win the whole thing. So I think that, you know, if I, we're talking off camera, if I'm lucky enough to get to go to Dolphins Chiefs this year in Germany, then I think you may as well, if you listen to this podcast or watching on YouTube, put your bets on now for them to win the whole thing because... <laughs> I, I have I'm to get really... your ticket now. That's, a, that, that, that's, <laughs> that's definitely a shoe-in now. <laughs> I've, I've got, I was 0-2 I was watching Brady play, which I loved, but... I'm 2-0 watching the Holmes play, and I'm 2-0 watching the Chiefs play, and then they've gone on and win things. So I think, yeah, I think I seem to be... And on the flip side, I've been to four Dolphins games in my life. You've lost all four. So I seem to be a bit of a curse for my own team and a bit of a luck charm for the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> Happens like that sometimes. I don't. I think, actually, at all the times I've seen the Chiefs play, I'm actually undefeated at the minute when I've gone to see them. So long may that continue. Mm. And it may well do in Germany, of course. One of the games we'll go and start later on in the episode, but one of the games is Germany, of course, the first time ever played in Frankfurt, a regular season game, second time ever in Germany, and also the first time Chiefs or Dolphins are playing in Germany. Just and you said you're going to the game as well. So just how excited are you to be going to watch the Chiefs a bit closer to the UK than it would be in, in America? You know, I like the fact that it's in Germany. I mean, I, I think people have asked me before about, um, are you not bothered that they, you know, they haven't got the UK kind of market or anything? Because a lot of teams obviously had to go through the market, didn't they, and and put forward where they wanted to be. But I think Germany is a great place because uh, the fan base is there. I don't know if you've watched the Bundesliga or anything like that, but they are crazy fan bases over there uh, in, in the Bundesliga. So if they can translate that to the NFL games and if the Chiefs are actually a home team for the Germans... I think that's going to be absolutely electric. Um, looking forward to it. Obviously, there's a bit of spice to it with the Tyreek Hill connection and him shouting his mouth off during the uh, during the offseason that he was going to score touchdowns at Arrowhead. We decided we were going to take the game away from Arrowhead and take it to Germany, so he couldn't do that. So uh, there's a bit of there's a bit of back and forth at the minute. So uh, added spice to it. Um, great German beer. The people are great in Germany as well. I think it's just going to be an absolute. Super Bowl atmosphere there. I, I really do. It's going to be an amazing place to go and watch them. I agree. I think I've said it before in a previous episode. I do think that this is the best ever international game matchup on paper. I mean, mm. most years, I mean, this year we got the Bills Jags. That's quite a good one. But most years in London, the common takeaway when they announce the fixtures is why is that game on? Why are they, why are they showing those teams? There seems to be a, a common thread, a, th- a trend of people not being happy with the teams to play. A lot of times it's down to the Jags not being very good. You know, stuff like that, like Jags Texans was something that not people were excited about. But I think this game for me is the best I've ever seen for matchup. You've got obviously a two bowl champions, you've got a very exciting Dolphins offense, even mm-hmm. defense, you've got a few good players there as well. So I think it's gonna be great. And I think that it's gonna add to the spice in terms of, as you say, the Tyree Kill situation. And I believe it's Seahawks that are the most I think they're the most followed team in Germany. Uh, but either way, I've been. I think they'll certainly. I think there's still quite a few fans from the Chiefs in Germany, and, and I, I've been to a Dortmund game in the Bundesliga, and that that was an amazing idea. one of the best I've ever been to. So it should be a cracker, and I'm hopefully if I get to go, I, I'm looking forward to what should be a, a great atmosphere. Yeah, it should be brilliant. Like I said, I'm just looking forward to the whole. I'm I'm there for about five days. I'm I'm just gonna kind of soak everything up in Frankfurt and uh, meet everybody I can over there. Some of the, the you know the German fans over there are going to be brilliant. Um, and there's quite a lot of uh, fans coming over from the USA as well, which um, I've had a chat with a few of them. And they said let's meet up for drinks and stuff. I think the whole occasion. I mean, we've had it a lot, a lot of the time in the UK, uh, international series games, where you get the, you know, there's the, the, so many people from around the world actually come to these games, um, and I think Germany's just going to be a great platform for that. It's going to be amazing. Looking forward to it. Yeah, and as a champion, looking forward to it even more. I imagine the season coming ahead. Um, speaking of which, the off season as a whole, um, the main ins, not really many, too many incomings in free agency. I mean, the likes of. 
Lamar Jackson, not the Lamar Jackson, but the not the Lamar Jackson, yeah. <laughs> That'll be quite a, um, a plot twist in the offseason. Um, Jawan Taylor's <laughs> come in from the Jags, the offensive tackle. Um, Drew Tranquil's come in, the linebacker from the Chargers, as well as your new backup quarterback, Blaine Gabbert's come in to replace the retiring Chad Henney. Uh, other yeah. players I've left include Orlando Brown, your left tackle, who's gone to the Bengals. Frank Clark, defensive end, has gone to the Broncos. Uh, Carlos Dunlap has left the defensive end, but he's currently unsigned. Uh, McCall Hardman has gone to the Jets, your former wide receiver. Former running back Ronald Jones has gone to the Cowboys, as well as Juju Smith-Smith, your wide receiver, to the Patriots, and tackle Andrew Wiley to the Commanders. And in the draft, you took Felix, and I may completely misplant his name here, but you put, took Felix Anadike Zoma from Kansas State, yeah. 31st overall, the defensive end. And then Rashi Rice has come in 55th overall, the SMU wide receiver, as well as Oklahoma tackle Wanya Morris, 92nd overall. So, as a whole, Brad, your take on the offseason for your team? Um, well, I'll just, I'll start with the Super Bowl celebrations, then I'll get into uh, obviously the ins and outs and everything. But um, this has been the first time that Chiefs fans have been able to celebrate properly uh, a Super Bowl win. Because if you remember, obviously, when the Chiefs won it back in the 2019 season, sorry, 2020, early 2020, wasn't it? February. Um, then um, we, we didn't have much chance to celebrate because COVID was around. So it was um, it was a bit of an issue, really, because it, it dampened the ring ceremony and everything that the, 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 the players had. They had to do it on the, on, the, on the field of the stadium. Nobody could get involved and hug each other and dance around and stuff. So... Um, it's been nice this time. It's, it's it's been nice to kind of right that wrong a little bit and uh, and just really kind of soak up the whole thing during the off season. We've been sat here so smug. It's been so quiet on social media as well. We've got nobody, you know, kind of um, trash talking us or anything about about you know being flukes from last time and you know Mahomes um, is nothing. Uh, hashtag my fraud and all that kind of stuff. So it's been nice. It's been it's been lovely that we've got this uh, this time to just really kind of soak it in this time. Um, with the changes, with with I mean, every year you're going to get changes in any team, aren't you? But the uh, the ins and outs that we've had, I mean, um, one of the fan for it, one of the fan favorites really was uh, was Frank Clark. He was always one of those that used to show up a lot in the uh, you know in the um, postseason, um, and you know used to run his mouth and he used to seem to come alive a lot with it, a lot during that time. And it's a shame we lost him, um, but you know times moved on and uh, we've now got. Like you said, we've got Felix, who's going to be coming in. Uh, he's going to be, you know, on the on the opposite side of George Karlaftis as well on the edge. So um, it's 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 nice to see uh, the young blood coming through now, and I think that seems to be the key with this Chiefs team. We seem to be getting younger. We seem to be getting um, more value from a lot of our like selections, even in the picks that we've got in the draft. Um, we've not really um, hesitated. We've not hesitated in a way where we've gone out and grabbed somebody off free agency. I think a lot of fans were really kind of um, really wanting a, a top class wide receiver in this team, which uh, it never really materialized other than the fact we had Katerius Tony from obviously last year. Um, but we don't really seem to have that outright WR one. And I think that's got a lot of fans kind of, oh, what, what are we going to do? Cause if you're thinking about it, I mean, there was uh, DeAndre Hopkins was available, wasn't he? And and a lot of fans were were really kind of eager to get him on board and and get him as a as, as our kind of talisman R W R one. Um, but from what we've gathered so far, I think it's settled a few nerves in in training camp because there's a wide receiver battle going on at the minute, which is really exciting the fans. Um, yes, there's a lot of names that you probably won't recognize if you're an, if you're you know a neutral fan of another team or anything, but um, there's some tasty, tasty wide receivers in this team. Um, I want to kind of big up uh, one of the players that we picked up last year, which was an undrafted free agent, which was Justin Ross. Um, and Justin Ross is the, the hype train's big enough, it really is. Um, we saw him a few times, he scored a touchdown obviously against the Saints during preseason, which um. Which is great to see. Uh, got good connection with Patrick Mahomes. Apparently, Patrick Mahomes' dad has seen um, Justin Ross at Patrick Mahomes' house and his new plush house. I don't know if you've seen it, but he's got a he's got his own training field and everything with the Mahomes logo and everything like that on it. And apparently, Justin Ross has been over there running routes for him and stuff. So there's a lot of hype around that guy. Uh, and but seeing players like Rasheed Rice, uh, you know, big hands that guy's got. Um, I think he had was it the biggest hands or something in the draft that we had uh, and, and we managed to get him. So, uh, you know, safe pair of hands, let's say. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, this, 
it it does seem as though a lot of people are thinking that the Chiefs have kind of weakened themselves a little bit. Orlando Brown Jr. being, as you mentioned, you know, he's gone over to the Bengals now, but um, he was he was a bit of a Marmite kind of player at the Chiefs. Um, you know, a lot of fans were. I was one of them. I wanted uh, Orlando Brown Jr. to come to the uh, to the Chiefs because of how he used to play at the Ravens. Um, you know, it was phenomenal at right uh, at right tackle. Um, and then when they put him over at left tackle at the Chiefs, he's been a bit hit and miss, but um, he did a job. We managed to win a Super Bowl with him, and uh, you know, uh, I think I wish him well. Uh, he has gone to with the enemy, one of our own big rivals at the minute, the Bengals, which is uh, yeah, it, it hasn't gone down too well at the Chiefs, but um, but yeah, it's um, we haven't, I don't think we've lost somebody at all, really, that has kind of cha- changed the whole shape or the whole structure of this team, um, especially on like the defensive side. Um, the only issue we have at the minute is obviously the Chris Jones contract, which, um, yeah, he's he's obviously, he's meant to be playing this year anyway, but there's obviously, there's a contract negotiations going on and he's holding out at the minute, which is causing uh, uh, quite a bit of an issue. And uh, a lot of fans are getting a little bit tetchy about it because uh, obviously we lost against the Saints in preseason. A lot of fans were really, really overreacting. Like, ah, oh, well, if we had Chris Jones, we wouldn't have lost that game. It's preseason. Anything happens in preseason, you know what it's like, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not too worried about this team going forward. Um, like I said, the ins and outs that we've had, it's been steady progress. Um, it's not been the big wow signings that we we were kind of used to in the past. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm quietly confident that um, you know with Mahomes firing the bullets, um, you know I think a lot of these youngsters, especially in the wide receiving core, um, they might they might shine. They might shine. Yeah, I mean, Mahomes proved, we saw last season, of course, you lost Tyree Kill and mm. from an outside, outside look in, you look better than you were before, to be honest with you. Um, but I did think that, you know, with with us Kelsey and Hill, it was so, almost came predictable at one point that last season they were there together, uh, Hill and Mahomes. It was the case where if you stop Mahill, stop Hill, stop Kelsey, you're stopping the Chiefs. With now what we saw with likes of Juju, McCall Hardman, Kadarius mm. Tony, Sky, all, all these different receivers. It's it's hard to know who's going to throw to. But does that worry you a little bit in terms of your current depth chart? Because obviously Kelsey's going to be the number one receiver. That's mm. obviously that's always the even though he's tight end, he will be the number one target. But right now, I don't think anyone would have thought this 12 months ago. Your number one receiver on the depth chart, according to ESPN.com is Kadarius Tony Now, 12 months ago, he was seen as an outcast, a, yeah. a bust. People were seeing him as a surplus to requirements in New York. And, you know, and I think that Mahomes has done so well the last year to really do it with, with the exception of Travis Kelsey, really mm. with average to subpar receivers. I mean, Juju Smith-Smooster is it's good, but he's not great. And I think that you look at other teams, you know, you've got the Eagles have got AJ Brown and Devonta Smith. We got Waddle Hill. The Bengals have Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, and I forgot the other guy's name. And it's, those are teams these days have two or three really good receivers, especially ones who have yeah. years. So Mahomes is redoing really this and did it last year, really. One MVP, one Super Bowl MVP, and all did that really with not the best receivers. Do, do, does that worry you at all in terms of? whether he can keep that up again for the following year? Um, I think the fact that, as you say, we had we had those kind of players last year. I mean, Juju, um, you know, he's obviously had his issues when he was at the Steelers and stuff and not really kind of breaking out. We had MVS, another one who had fits and starts. Um, then we brought in, obviously, Kadarius Tony, who was injured on and off. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it was worrying at first because I think, you know, you do want those star players, like you say, with Travis Kelsey. You want a, you want a star player like that to kind of take the eye of the defense. Um, and the defensive coordinators were obviously wanting to scheme against Kelsey and obviously against the likes of Tyreek Hill. And and to a point, I don't know if you saw uh, the, the season previous, um, there was a lot of teams really kind of scheming for Tyreek Hill. And it was working because it was taking that deep threat away. Um, and you know, that was kind of Mahomes' game, and he's almost had to adjust over the last couple of seasons where it's like, right, I'm gonna have to learn how to take what the defense has given me because you know, he was always about the flashy players, you know, across the body, 60 yards, whatever it is, 70 yards, whatever it is. Uh, you know, he can, we know he can make those throws, but it was always a question mark, can he really go to the short game if need be? And 
he really did last year, and that's how he won the Super Bowl through it all. It was it wasn't the big players. We didn't see the likes of players like we saw in the previous Super Bowl that he won, where they did the wasp play, where it was like you know sixty yard stupid ball downfield. It was it was a lot of it was short routes, slant routes. It was you know dink and dunk uh, players that kind of, that kind of thing. I think I saw a stat before that he didn't have many uh, passing yards over 20 yards. And um, I can't imagine, I can't remember what the actual stat was, but it was very low. It was one of the lowest in the league where he didn't actually throw over 20 yards airtime. So um, that's what I believe that the Chiefs are probably trying to, trying to emulate this time is, well, you know, we've managed to adapt and take away the fact that, you know, defenses relied on that deep, deep threat, and they were they were they were sorting that out because there were a lot of them that were doing like um, a lot of kind of uh, cover two players and stuff like that, where it was really kind of affecting Mahomes a little bit if you took out his main players. But I think with the Chiefs, they they seem to be getting a lot of capable wide receivers, where it's a bit more like death by death by paper cuts. That's what it seems to be like now, where we've got similar players that could break out. They could hit a ceiling, but there's a lot of potential there as well. Um, and I think they've given him time to actually work with these players, especially, like I said, with the likes of uh, Justin Ross and Rasheed Rice. He, he's he's getting a lot of time with them at the moment. Um, unfortunately, Kadarius Tony's uh, injured at the moment. He might be back for the beginning of the season, but um, it, it seems to be the part and parcel with Kadarius Tony. He's 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 one of those players who almost injures himself because he he, he turns on a pivot and he's he, you know he's planting his foot down a lot and it, it causes a lot of injuries when you get that type of player. But when he's on when he's on his game, he's going to be an electric player. But um, I think there's a lot of wide receivers that we've got at the Chiefs now, which, like I said, they've got a good potential about them. Um, it's it, it's just how is Mahomes going to deal with this? Because we all know about Kelsey. A lot of teams are going to scheme for Kelsey, but I think if, you, if he's taken the eye of the defensive coordinators, it's going to free up a lot more uh, attacking options for, uh, for, for Mahomes to utilise. Um, even... Even in the running back room as well, you know we've got some players there that are actually good at receiving. So uh, you know it 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 is almost like death by paper cuts. There's a lot of uh, potential there that move away from the run game, but obviously use the running backs as uh, you know like that short routes, the you know the screens and stuff like that that we can. And we've seen a few of that in training as well recently, where they have been using the running backs at, uh, in the receiving game a lot more. So. It could be just this whole transformation that we're seeing at the minute with the Chiefs, which um, it's quite tasty. It's quite tasty to see. And um, yeah, like I said, we haven't got those star quality players that you would expect, but there could be some that might break out of this team for sure. Yeah, I think that, yeah, the way Andy Reid schemes it up, the way all that happens, I think that he can pretty much make any receiver look good, but while he's there, at playing at a certain, like, at maybe at mm-hmm. 50%, I think Mahomes yeah. and Reed can turn these receivers into you know, 80%, 90%, 100%. And I think it's, um, you know, it's one of the reasons why you've, done, you've reached five straight A's to championship games, you've hosted all of them, and you've made three Super Bowls. For that reason alone, I think, mm-hmm. as long as you've got Reed and Mahomes, I think that, you know, anything is possible. Or as you guys like to say, anything is possible. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Shame not got in this time. <laughs> yeah, he was, um, you know, former Dolphin, of course. Um, yeah. was a backup both times. But unlike most backups, he actually had game time both times. Particularly second time around. I don't think, I know he had a game time when they beat, beat the Browns when he lost to the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl that year. Um, mm. Obviously, he had that period where he played in the Super Bowl. No, he didn't play Super Bowl, but he played in the, was it the division round against the Jaguars he came on for a bit? He did, yeah. Um, yeah, we did have a bit of that because Mahomes went off, didn't he? Um, yeah, that's right. So, yeah. uh, with, his, with his bum ankles. So, uh, yeah, he's, but, I mean, everybody remembers the play where he, he, he went on that uh, run against the Browns mm. uh, and managed to get us in through, through the next round and it was, you know, it's, it's players like that that just kind of uh, make yourself a, a legendary status in Chiefs Kingdom. Yeah, I agree. And it, it would be remiss me not to talk about the Netflix documentary quarterback, which mm-hmm. Mahomes was the main figure of. I spoke before about how it felt a little bit Mahomes heavy, but either way, it was really good insight I found into his sort of day-to-day stuff. But how did you find the documentary? Really interesting. Um, I, you you think you know the hard work that they, they actually put in, but actually seeing that documentary really, really put the focus on 
what they have to do on a daily basis. Um, and it, it, you think that it's, you know, game day comes, they throw a few passes, that's it. They go home and they, they go back home to the mansion and the beautiful wives and the wonderful kids. And they just have a lovely, wonderful few days off before the next game. It's not any of that at all. And uh, I think it's opened a few eyes. I mean, my uh, one of my friends actually said that he, he he's not really into the NFL and he actually watched it and he said, I had no idea that the level of intelligence that these guys had to do to to actually play the game. You know, it's remembering routes, it's remembering player calls, it's you know working with um, with wide receivers on your off days and stuff, and and getting connections with them built up, and then trying to be a family guy, and then trying to go into training and and keep yourself fit. It's just constant daily um, just interference, isn't it? I mean, a lot of it is just you've got to, you've got to keep disciplined in that. Um, and that that just really emphasised it, even for all three of those quarterbacks on there. Um, I think it did great, great uh, things for, for for Kirk Cousins in that, because I think a lot of people respected him a lot more. Um, you got more of an insight into, um, you know, I, I always liked his his room, you know, his memory room that he was, he was building and stuff, and he's got a place for the Super Bowl there and stuff. And he's getting into that mindset of how a player is. I mean, a lot of the time they are fans of the game as well. Um, and and to see Kirk Cousins uh, having that memory room with all of his trophies and all of his like you know game balls and stuff like that, it was it was fantastic to see. But yeah, okay, it might have been a bit heavy on Mahomes, but I mean he won no Super Bowl in that in that same year as well. So it, I think it gave the uh, the documentary makers a, a wonderful ending. That's for sure. Yeah, I agree, and I really enjoyed it. And I'm hoping at some point they'll feature a Dolphins player. I think it must be even more exciting if it's your team involved, like. A lot of Vikings fans and Falcons fans, as well as Chiefs fans like yourself, must have really enjoyed seeing one of their own quarterbacks um, be focused so much on a, on a documentary. Um, yeah. And of course, Mahomes will hope this year to have a better defence than what we saw last year, because looking at the stats in terms of your pass defence, so total yards allowed per game, um, looking at the way you were to the other teams, you're round about middle of the road. You were 12th when it came to passing yards allowed, um, sorry, total yards was uh, 12. Uh, passing yards allowed was you around about the 19th, 20th position. Actually, in the top 10 when it came to rushing yards allowed, but then points allowed, you were again middle of the road. I'm looking here at the results you had last year. Of course, the Super Bowl, of course, was the, the one that you know we all remember. Of course, you um put a lot of points against them, they scored 35 points against you, 20 against both the Jaguars and the Bengals. Um, I mean, only looking at the only five of the 18 games, 17 games you played um, involved um, conceding less than 20 points a game. You had 24 conceded week two against the Chargers, 31 against the Buccaneers conceded, um, 27 against the Bengals, 28 against the Broncos, and 24 against Broncos again. So, you know, this is the team that, we had these issues back in 2020. I remember when you won a Super Bowl in the 2019 season, I should say, there were a lot of defensive issues in it. Really, another day, you could have lost that game to the Eagles and your defence would have been mm. the main takeaway as to what lost you that game. So, looking at going back to the incomings and outcomings, of course, you've lost Frank Clark, Carlos Dunlap, and I know you've brought in the likes of Drew Tranquil, but, you know, Frank Clark, you said, as you said, was a big part of that, of that defence. So, does that worry you at all in terms of the fact you your defense did um, let sort of concede a lot of, a lot of points last year? Yeah, I mean we always say that you know if you give Mahomes a top ten uh, defense, he's going to win you another Super Bowl, and 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 it's it's not cocky to say that because you know uh, Mahomes led offense that's actually being called by Andy Reid um, is is going to you know is going to get you the points, but the defensive side. It's it. I'll not lie. It has been a bit of an issue, a bit of a concern for a lot of years because it seems as though our GM Brett Veach doesn't like to get uh, top class cornerbacks at, at at you know star value prices. Um, he seems to just um, trust in the process in the draft or pick up uh, players in free agency, um, at, uh, basically at value. Um, and you're seeing a lot of the DBs that we've got. I think the most expensive DB we've got in there at the moment is actually Justin Reed. Um, and you know, he was there last year, so obviously it's it, it's good to have him there. And and so a lot of the defense still remains, but um, 
like I said, we're trying to get wiser on it. We're trying to get youthful on it. We're trying to get a bit more cheaper on it. Um, I mean, we've got the the likes of, you know, Legereus Sneed, who's a, a hell of a corner. You know, he, he can dial him up in the blitz as many times as you want. And he'll do a job there as well. So, you know, a lot of the time, Veach is always looking for a, a diverse kind of player that can that can play multiple roles. If you want to play corner, you can play in safety and plug in there, or you can kind of back up with it, you know, when, um, when there's a linebacker down or something like that. So there's a lot of players there that actually mold into the shape of, um, you know the de- the defense that 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 Spagnolo really wants them to play. Um, yeah, like I said, Frank Clark's a big miss, and we hope that Felix is going to be that guy. From what we've seen already in preseason, I know it's only been one game, but um, we've seen Felix really kind of um, you know bringing it and and really kind of uh, um, bringing the skill set that, that, that we expect, and we think that we've got somebody who's almost like for like from Frank Clark. It's, it, it's, it's hard to say that for sure, because obviously Frank Clark's a double Super Bowl winner. Um, and, you know, we know exactly what he brought, especially on the big games. But, you know, seeing Felix at the minute, he really does seem as though he's going to be a nice little plug in there. And like I said, you know, the edges that we had with George Karlaftis from last year, I think he got about six sacks last year, I think it might have been. So if he builds on that, then uh, we've got a good solid edge rush there. But um, the key, the strongest part for me in this defense is is actually the linebackers. Um, you know, the likes of Nick Bolton. I love the guy, Nick Bolton. Um, I love his story. Um, and if you ever get a chance, if anybody, is, you know, never really heard of Nick Bolton or what he does or who he is, Nick Bolton's the linebacker for the Chiefs. And if you you listen to his story, I think there was a story on YouTube about why he actually plays the game. I won't ruin it for you. Just watch it. And you will root for the guy from, from this day to the end <laughs> because... He's um he really has a a, a drive and an ambition and a passion to actually be the best player he can be in the league, um and I connected with that straight away when he first when I first saw that I was like that's the guy for me I'm 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 completely on board with him and he's really done a good job for us there. We've obviously got Willie Gay a linebacker as well who's another really really good linebacker on that and now we've got Drew Tranquil who was, I mean he was he was absolutely phenomenal in that preseason game for us so I'm excited about the linebacker core um. Yes, the defensive line might be a bit of an issue if Chris Jones doesn't get a deal sorted. But um, you know, we're still going to get him for this year as well. If you know he's still playing under under a contract and he's still going to get twenty eight million this year, but um, it's it's how hard is he going to go after that? If he doesn't get a deal done, is he just going to kind of eke out his contract and just you know not not push it as hard? Who knows? But. I, I've got a sneaky feeling he's going to sign. I've got a sneaky feeling because, you know, he's been holding out of uh, training camp this long and he's been getting fined to the fact that he's not actually at training camp and he's getting, it's getting a hefty fine now. It's, I think it's up to the millions now. Um, so you don't really do that unless you think, you know, you, you're going to get that kind of offset when you sign a, a new deal. So I'm kind of sneakily thinking that he's going to sign uh, sooner rather than later, but um, the defense, if they can kind of keep it middle of the road or even better improve on that this year and get into that top 10 on everything, I think the Chiefs have got a good chance of actually, you know, going further again into uh, into the postseason. So now it's time for the final segment of the podcast of the podcast now if you're listening to this podcast and haven't tuned into our other season previews, first of all, please do. But otherwise, if you haven't yet, the format is I ask every fan to give a answer of win, loss or tie for every game of their team season. So, week one is a season but of course, as you are the defending champions, it's at home to the Detroit Lions. Win, loss or tie. I've got a win on that one. Uh, I think nobody's yeah, nobody's kind of destroying the uh, the Super Bowl parade on this one, I don't think. Um, the Lions, I mean, it, it, it kind of touted as being uh, up there as, as being a kind of a a big team this year. So um, it'd be interesting to see how they play, but um, I think the Chiefs, you can't rain on the parade, surely. Um, week two uh, is your first road game. Uh, this one is against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, I've got a confident win on that one. Okay. Uh, moving on to week three um, is the Chicago Bears at home. Another confident win for the Chiefs, I'm afraid, on that one. That's uh, going well, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's what I expected. It's, um, you know, we've had some optimistic and negative fans or maybe pessimistic fans, but you've got every right to be, um, you know, to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, week four is a big one for me uh, on the road to the Jets. I've actually fallen for the Jets hype. 
Mm. I've hey, actually gone for the Chiefs' first loss here because um, the Jets. I mean, we've all seen that they've been stacking up quite a bit on uh, a lot of really good players, and I think they didn't sign Dalvin Dalvin Cook recently as well. Yeah. Which um, I mean, that's another kind of string to their bow as well. Which, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm kind of uh, falling for the hype. I think on the on the Jets on this one, I've got them down. I've got the Chiefs down as a loss for the first loss. Hey, and then week five on the road again. But this time against the Minnesota Vikings. I was going to go for a, a, an overtime kind of win on this one. And I think I'll stick with that. I think an overtime win. I think I think the Vikings, we could struggle against them. I think um, it, it, it's one of those teams, I think, the Vikings. I think uh, I think if we have a bit of an off day or if we the, the, the defense is kind of struggling from the first few games, we could have a bit of a, a, a nail biter on that one, I think. Yeah, I think they're a team that's been overlooked quite a lot, I think, um, yeah. this season. Um, week six is at home um, against the Denver Broncos. I've got a win on that um, because we've beaten them for the last 15 times in a row. Uh, so I'm going to go for 16 on this one for the Bron- uh, for win for the Chiefs against the Broncos. Okay, so week seven um, is against the Los Angeles Chargers at home. Yeah, now again, I've been teetering with this team because we hear every every off season that the Chargers are going to topple the Chiefs, um, and I've got us down as a win, but they do always seem to run us close, so it could be a, an, another one of those nail biters. But I think um, I think with the Reed's old head, uh, and we've got obviously the veterans in Mahomes and Kelsey, I think they might just get us over the line against the Chargers on this one. And in week eight, the AFC West trend continues. You're once again against the Broncos, but this time on the road. Yeah, winning 17 against the Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> really complying the misery on them. <laughs> <laughs> but I think as well, at this point, that we're going to know whether Russell Wilson was bad because of Hackett or whether he's bad because he's turned a certain age. I think mm-hmm. if you get to week six and they're struggling, or week seven, you can, you can really pile the misery on the, on the Broncos. Yeah, I mean, it really will depend on whether Peyton can get something out of him. Um, and if if he can, brilliant, you know, brilliant for them, I suppose. But I don't know. I, I, I think from what I saw last year, um, I just don't think Russell Wilson's connected with that team. It's, it, it it just feels weird. It, it just feels like the connection's off. So uh, I'm I'm kind of hoping he, it is still off. <laughs> but then we can get that, uh, that extra win on them. Yeah, and I think if, if any of you... Listening or watching on YouTube saw their preseason opener, I believe it was against the Cardinals, um, where albeit it is preseason, but they were playing a lot of their starters against what I believe was the backup to the Cardinals. And apart from one touchdown for Judy, it looked bad on the highlight. Albeit I watched it via a two minute segment on Good Morning Football, but it shows some of the some of the plays or I say highlights, more like lowlights of some of the plays. It looked yeah. it looked terrible. And I think that there's all the patent stuff going on in terms of all these comments he's making about the Jets and, you know, Rogers alluded to insecurity there. He's gone out and talked about how we can't have this and can't have that. And he's obviously, he didn't pick Russell Wilson and he's been volatile in terms of what you want since if he can't have an office. And he's been quite almost like a bull in the china shop when he's come in. And I think mm-hmm. that can work one or two ways. It can either really galvanize a team or it can go the other way. So I think, I think I'm really intrigued to see how he's going to do because, at the Saints, he was a fantastic head coach, and he almost yeah. won them games by himself. So I think if he's if he's at that level, I think they're going to be fine. But it's just whether Russell Wilson is is going to gel with Peyton, and whether they're going to they're going to perform. Yeah. I think we might see some some improvements from him. I think Peyton probably needs uh, at least a season with him, just to at least get him into the, some kind of scheme and, and understand what he's got with with, with Russell Wilson. But um, yeah, I think that's probably one. What's going to be the difference here is, you know, how are they going to gel together? I suppose, and uh, you know, has has Peyton worked out the formula for him yet? Um, it, there's a lot of questions around that for me at the minute, so that's why we've got the kind of double win against the Broncos. Okay, then next week, next up is the course the one we mentioned earlier, the game in Germany in Deutsche Bank Park in Frankfurt uh, against Miami Dolphins. Um, how are you seeing yeah. that? One? Um, well, because I'm going to this game, I've got it down as a win. But I, I, I'll be honest, I'm a little concerned about the Dolphins. Um, it all depends really on if if Tyreek is playing and obviously if, if Tua is playing as well. Um, Waddle's obviously a good one to watch. Um, but I don't know. I just think 
I think Mahomes against Tua. I think Mahomes obviously edged that no problem. Um, but it, I don't know if the uh, the Dolphins will have enough in the tank on that. I think the Chiefs will probably be zeroing in on Tyreek Hill quite a bit. I think that'll be the main game plan. So, um, you know, it's it it all depends on how our DBs kind of cope with him. Um, but I think, yeah, I think the Chiefs, with me being there and me being undefeated every time I've seen the Chiefs, I'm going with a win. <laughs> <laughs> especially, especially if I go as well, it's going to be a, that's a guaranteed win. If if you if exactly I, yeah, if you end up going, then I think it's, it's it's a lock. I think it's lock of the week for them. Yeah, to, exactly. For yeah. As, um, week ten is a bye week, so you go into week eleven on an eight and one record um, against the Philadelphia Eagles, of course, a team that you beat in the Super Bowl all those months ago. Yeah. Um, after the bye week here, I mean, it's all sound rosy at the moment, isn't it? That I've got the Chiefs as, what, 8-1 and one in the first half of the season. It sounds as though we're actually marching on to another another postseason. This is where it all falls down, I'm afraid. Hey. <laughs> um, the Eagles will absolutely be up for this game and absolutely want revenge on the Chiefs. Um, we've heard all the rumours and all of the, um, the, the excuses of the fact that the Eagles were slipping all over the turf at Arizona during the Super Bowl and that's why they lost and da-da-da-da-da. I think a lot of it is going to come down to uh, this Eagles team. From what I saw from their offensive line, it frightened the hell out of me during the Super Bowl. Um, and I still don't know how we beat that team. I have no idea how we beat that team in the Super Bowl. Um, I mean, it came down to real fine margins. Um, and but one of those margins was um, so wide, which was the, their offensive line against our defensive line. And if we don't have Chris Jones there, um, or he's you know he's holding out, or he's feigning an injury or something like that, and we don't have him there. We are going to have massive problems against the Eagles. So I've got us down as a loss. Okay, and of course the holding call right at the end will be um, was one that was talked about for many days and many Oof, weeks afterwards. Yeah. One, I'm still not sure how that was, how that was, um, how that happened, really. Um, week twelve. It's actually interesting as well. It's actually interesting because Andy Reid off a bye week. I mean, I know a lot of Chiefs fans will be going, "What's he talking about?" Andy Reid on a bye week. He's kind of like, you know, it's it's undefeated. He's, he's he's so strong after a bye week. But I just think this Eagles team is just so strong. Yeah, um, I think you know, the loss of Javon Hargrave, I think, could be a factor. Uh, could mm. be the Eagles, but I think that team is still they're still really good, and they've kept everyone as well. Um, yeah. and of course, the the OC Shane Striken has has gone, so it's a question of whether they'll be the same then. But you got to think there'll be a team that's going to be at least in the N- NFC divisional game, and I think that you know I think them and the Nines are probably two clear favourites in that division. I think there's other teams you can put in that can surprise a few and get and get there and beat them on a day. But I think in terms of on paper. I think you're looking at the Nines and the Eagles, they're just they are just two ridiculously strong teams right now in that conference. Yeah. Um week twelve though, um you're back on the road, uh, this time in Vegas to take on the Raiders. Yeah, I mean Vegas is um you know we're we're undefeated in uh in, in, in Vegas at the moment with the Chiefs was against the Raiders. So uh I you would think I would be going for a win on this, but um I see this as one of the usual banana skin kind of games that we have. Um, we had one last year, I think it was against the Colts, I think it might have been. Um, and, you know, a game we should have won, we didn't. Um, and it's going to be one of those games that's that's probably going to, after a, after a loss against the Eagles, we might be kind of licking our wounds a little bit. And I just think the Raiders game probably come at a bad time, um, especially on the road. Um, it might just be one of those hiccup games that um, I, ho- I hope I'm wrong, but I've got us down as a loss on that. Hey, and in week 13, um, on the road again, uh, but this time at Lambeau Field against the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I've got us down as a win, just to uh, kind of settle the nerves a little bit, get back on track, marching on to the postseason. Okay, and then week 14 is another one of your rivalries that you developed yeah. times um, at home to the Buffalo Bills. Ah, I've got us a, a loss. The Bills during the season, the, the Bills during the season are phenomenal. It's where where they fall down is the postseason. They seem to just really kind of like I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the if it's the occasion or what. But during the season, they seem to be unstoppable. But as soon as the uh, you know the postseason comes up and it's you know they, they they're getting into the you know the, the divisional rounds and stuff, they just really don't turn up. It's weird. It's so strange. But uh, I've got us down uh, as a seasonal loss. But it won't hurt us too much because we'll just get them in the postseason. 
Yep, and that the ghost of those four <laughs> Super Bowl losses is once again come back to strike them. And I think that their window is getting it's getting thinner now. And I think that if you don't win it the next year or two, I, I think they could not win one for a long time. I know they got Josh Allen, yeah. but Diggs is getting older. He threatened to leave this offseason. There's all this talk about it, unrest. And I do question whether McDermott is a postseason head coach. I think he's done so well for regular season wise. He's done so well over the years. Of course, he's mm. he's been the best head coach really since probably Mark Levy. But at the same time, I I just do question whether he is good enough to go to that next step. We talked about it in our Bills episode, but I just do question whether he's whether he's great. I think he's a very good head coach. But I don't know whether he's great and whether he's the kind of head coach that can win you Super Bowls personally, but. Yeah, yeah could be wrong and win it all this year. You never know. Uh, yeah. uh, week fifteen is a road game against the New England Patriots. Uh, yeah, it got us down as a win on that one. Um, I just think, yeah, I just think at the moment it's 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 the Chiefs' time. It's not the Patriots' time. They've had their time over the past two decades, so it's it's time for a new a new dynasty. Yeah, <laughs> on one, it is going from them to you essentially. You've handed over the, the baton to you essentially from their dynasty. To yours, and I think that yeah, your dynasty. I think it's hard to know whether it will compete with the Patriots. One, well, I think they won so many Super Bowls and got so many Super Bowls. But I think you are the current dynasty, and I, I can't see anything changing. Um, week sixteen is um your penultimate home game and your third to last game of the season at home to the Raiders. Yeah, I've got us down as a win against the Raiders on this one, just to kind of get revenge of the uh, defeat earlier on uh, in week twelve. Um. I just think, um, it, again, a ra- the, the Raiders. It's one of those that we seem to have the number of quite a bit. Um, and we, all, we, I know it was always kind of Derek Carr led, but I think Jimmy Garoppolo. We kind of schemed for him pretty well, um, and, and we saw that against when he was at the Forty Nine ers in the Super Bowl. We seem to scheme pretty well for him. Um, so I think it's going to be a, a, a quite a comfortable win on that one. Okay, and then your final home game of the year is against a team that probably has given you the most trouble in the last um, few years in the Cincinnati Bengals on New Year's Eve. Yeah, again, I've got us down as a loss. Again, uh, Joe Burrow seems to just have something on us during the seasons. Um, it, it's 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 one of those age-old stories, isn't it? That you know you've got somebody who is just the nemesis. And I think Joe Burrow is the nemesis of Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, clearly from that, you know, we're talking about that documentary before quarterback. Um, he's mentioned in that that he's, you know, he absolutely wanted to play Joe Burrow in the uh, the, the championship game last year. Um, and he got his wish and he obviously got the win. But I think the job's not done yet for Patrick Mahomes. And he wants to try so hard to actually get over uh, uh, this hump that he has with with Joe Burrow because um, it's he's getting under his skin a little bit. I think I think that's the uh, that's the key here. I think um, Mahomes desperately wants to beat him. He he realizes he's a rival, and I think this Bengals team is going to be strong for another year or two at least. Yeah, and I think Burrow for me, I think he's next Brady in terms of I think that mm. mentality he's got. I think I mean I'm not the biggest fan of his personality in terms of. He can be for me quite cocky at times, but I think in terms I'm of I'm with you on that. Yeah, I'm with you on yeah, that. He's a bit like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I think most callbacks, especially wide receivers, they are most players are cocky in some way. Even Mahomes, who I love, you know, can be cocky, but he's only really cocky when they've won. I just find when I'm watching Burrow, you haven't you've what you've made one Super Bowl, yes, and you've made two straight AFC championship games. But I just think that I just think until you've won one, you, I don't think you can be that smug and that cocky, if I'm honest. But um on the actual field itself, I mean, he's a winner in my eyes. You know, I think half of Mahomes, there's no other callback I'd rather have in a big game than Burrow. I think he just has it switched on when it when it matters, and I think that he is just someone that I'm mean, in no doubt that if if we had tanked properly and got him in twenty in the twenty twenty draft, I, I do think I'd absolutely love him. So I think if you're Bengals fan, <laughs> yeah. they're obviously they absolutely love him, obviously. But it's um yeah, I think there'll be a team that will be. If they're not at least in the divisional round, I will be shocked. I'll be absolutely mm-hmm. stunned. Unless they somehow play the Chiefs and seeding's gone against them and they play you in a divisional round, I just I find it very hard. I'll be shocked if you're not if they're not there. And I'll be shocked if they don't play you at some point in that run. Um mm-hmm. final game, actually before we, before we do that, actually, of course, I don't know what your 
like in terms of whether you go out on New Year's Eve or not, but this game is going to be on at 8.25pm in the UK on New Year's Eve. Now, I don't know whether you go out on New Year's Eve, whether you stay in, but that what will you be doing on, on that day? Because that seems like normally a real perfect time to watch a game. Oh, I, do you know what? I, I'm, I'm quite torn on this because... Um... Over the years, as I've got older, uh, I've kind of just thought, oh, I'm just going to sit in the house with a bottle of wine and see the see the new year in. Um, and it's perfect for me because at least I get entertained for the next three to four hours <laughs> watching watching the Chiefs versus the, uh, the the Bengals. So at least I'll be entertained and I can see in the new year in, in, in style as a Chiefs fan. Um, I, I mean, it could be that some of the fan groups, maybe uh, maybe our heads abroad or something like that, might, uh, might put on a watch party somewhere. But I mean, the thing is, I mean, Trying to get some venue like that on New Year's Eve is gonna it's gonna cost a bit, isn't it? So uh, I might the I might be staying at home with a bottle of wine. I think bottle of red. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so red, not white. Red wine is it? Not, not white. No, no, no. Definitely red. <laughs> I mean, I believe if I'm right, I think it actually is a full slate of games on that day as well. It's not just it's not just one game and that's it. I oh, that's gonna be good. It's a full slate. So I think for me, I've mentioned before in a previous episode that I. Pretty much since COVID, I've really just gone off the idea of New Year's Eve. I've had COVID, two COVID New Year's where it's been, you know, you're stuck in the house. And um, mm. I've actually quite liked it in a way. You know, I think last year, I, mm. last time I paid, I paid cards to the family. It was quite a tame New Year's Eve. But um, I think now, especially with the way age I am, you go to a club now, I'm 28 now. I'm going to, I went to a club in January in Newcastle and um, I hated it because everyone there was like 18, 19. I felt so old. <laughs> So I just think that um, goes, I know what you mean. I know what yeah, you mean. If I, I if it feels so feels so wrong in a way, it feels bad. And um, I just think that nowadays, don't wrong. If, if mate of mine goes to me, I'm having a little do at my house. I'll probably go, and I'll probably just recall it and watch it the next day and try to avoid the result because all my friends hate the NFL. So it'll be quite easy to avoid results. Turn my notifications off. It'll be quite easy to do so. But if nothing's happening with friends, and I'm I'm going to do what you do. I'm going to stay in watch the yeah. full state and you know do that and um it gets better for me because week 18 is the sunday on, on my birthday so i'll be getting for the first time in my lifetime the final week of the nfl season on my birthday which i'm very excited for where you play on the road the los angeles chargers yeah um i've, I've kind of scribbled this out a few times i put a w and then an l then a w then an l i just i i really can't decide on this game because um again it's in the back of my mind that, you know, the, the, the charges are uh, always favorites in the off season. Um, I've plugged for a win in the end, um, which obviously makes us go 12 and five uh, throughout the whole season, but it could easily be 11 and six. Um, so I'm kind of hovering around that at the minute. There might be a tie in there somewhere, but um, they're very rare, aren't they? But, um, but, a confident 12 and five or a not so confident 11 and six. Um, it could be that kind of um, last part of the last part run of the, uh, the season after the bye week might be a bit of a difficult stumbling block for the chiefs because I've got them starting off really strongly. Um, but I think with the Eagles, Bills, Bengals um, all coming in that second part of the, uh, the season, it's just going to kind of be a bit of a derailer, I think for this, uh, for this chiefs train. Yeah, I think you're right. And looking at the record, you mentioned that you are um, 12 and 5, which obviously means that that's obviously going to be a divisional win. So that's yeah. going to be a playoff appearance, maybe even a division win. Um, obviously, get 12 and 5. How far are you predicting your team to go in the playoffs? Um, I think it'd be disappointing if we didn't get the AFC Championship, at least. Um, I think. That's that's the expectation now from this organisation. Um, we see it all the time from uh, some of the, uh, the the footage we see when the players are all sat and they they're, they're listening to the the owner and he sets the goal out for the year. And um, that's obviously been changing quite rapidly <laughs> in the last few seasons. Um, and he always sets a goal out that um, he wants to absolutely win the Lamar Hunt Trophy uh, in in the AFC Championship game. That seems to be the Chiefs. Uh, owner's goal right from the off is we've got to get our father's trophy back uh, and bring it back to its uh, its rightful home. So um, I think once they get past that, then they can obviously think about the Super Bowl. But um, it really is. It, it's it's strange to think that, you know, there's a team focused solely on getting the Lamar Hunt trophy back rather than actually getting the Super Bowl back. But, I mean, we could repeat. 
I mean, that's 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 something that's on the cards. Um, we could absolutely repeat. We've proved last year that we don't need the star players as such. We don't need a whole team of star players to actually get to a Super Bowl and actually beat teams that are, are, are you know are, are really excellent teams. Um, as long as you've got Mahomes, Kelsey, and Reed as the kind of main backbone of that offense, and you've got the uh, the you know the the good standard of players that we've got in the defensive side of things. Um, it could absolutely be another repeat, but um, I don't know. I, I'm kind of reserved, and, and I think you can tell that from my uh, my seasonal predictions that I'm a little bit mm, could be eleven and six, could be twelve and five. Um, I don't know how the season's going to go. I'm confident, obviously, because we have got those players like Mahomes and Kelsey, uh, and the amazing player calling from Reed, because we've seen the scheme change a lot over the last few seasons, where it's adapted completely to what the defensive coordinators of other teams have been dialing up for uh, against Mahomes. So um, have we got something uh, there under our, you know, up our sleeve maybe that we're going to be using the running backs a bit more as a receivers and, you know, are we going to be dialing up some wonderful players again? Because that seems to be the Andy Reid's thing. He, dial, he dials up some amazing players that you never see coming. Um, and after seeing the vanilla performance that we had against the Saints in the preseason, I think he's got something up his sleeve. Yeah, I think you'd be right. And I think that's someone who always roots for the Chiefs because I do like Mahomes. So I would like to see that happen if it doesn't come at the expense of my team. Um, you mentioned then you, you're a bit sort of maybe 11, 6, 12, and 5. But as 12 and 5, you are currently our joint fourth most optimistic fan, uh, which I think. Really? Yeah. So we've had obviously actually our last three guests, including yourself, have all been 12 and 5. So we had Lee White, our Jags fan, had 12 and 5. Mara Glarwood, our Lions fan, had 12 and 5. But above you, we've only got our Cincinnati Bengals fan, Rory Joe Daniels, with 13 and 4. Same as Charlie Nelson, our Bills fan, 13 and 4, and still leading the way. He came on, I think, our second or third one of the, of the mini series. Our 49ers fan, Paul Hope, with a 14 and 3. So, you know, I Ooh, think. Wow, 14 and 3. Wow. Yeah, and it's um some off optimism there in the air. Um, it's the 49ers. I mean, it's an easy compliment, but. You know, we got a lot of eleven and six. We got about five or six eleven and sixes, three ten and sevens, uh, one nine and eight, and then um, a six and eleven and five and twelve for our two. Somebody's actually cards. gone for the loss for the loss season, have they? That would have yeah, done. I mean, they are two very depressed Cardinals fans, so. Um, oh right, that's, okay. That's probably generous. <laughs> yeah, it probably is actually. Yeah, it probably is. I mean, it's, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm quite confident. Um, I think you have to be as champions, but um, like I said, it, it, there's quite a bit of uh, a bit of reserved kind of um, uh, predictions on that because, like I said, the the Bengals really are the, the main rivals for us at the minute, and they've kept everybody in their team quite strong. Um, so you know, absolutely, the Bengals are going to be our rivals as well as the the Eagles in the season game that we could have. Um, we may meet them again in the uh, the Super Bowl. I don't know. Will we get a repeat from last year? Who knows? But I think. The AFC at the minute is just full of potential suitors uh, for the postseason. Um, and we're going to see that quite a bit, I think, um, over the next few years. Um, I don't know about the Bills. I'm not sure about the Bills. I think the Bills, probably their Super Bowl window is probably closed or is closing. Um, and I don't think they'll they'll probably get through the postseason, but I don't think they'll be there or thereabouts that the Chiefs and the Bengals will be. But um, it's exciting. I'm looking forward to it. Another good season. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. I mean, our division is going to be extremely tough. And I think that's, you know, we've had so many years of the Patriots just winning it every single Ooh, year. Yeah. The Bills had it for a few years, where it's just them. And now you can make a genuine case for three to four teams winning it. I think all, even with Jaden Ramsey's injury, I think we've got a case to win it. The Jets have got a case to win it and the Bills do. And I think that it's, um, it's just nice. It's a test. Yeah, it's a tasty division, that one. It, I remember the Chiefs had a one a few years ago when it was, you know, Russell Wilson came in and uh, we had Justin Herbert, who's going to be the Bengal at, at the the Chargers. And obviously, um, you had Devontae Adams coming in through for the Raiders and it was going to be, you know, this massive battle and everything was going to be about like the AFC West. And it never kind of materialised, but I can see the AFC East really kind of having a bit of a battle this year. And uh, it's... That's the one to watch, I think, for me this year. Uh, the AFC East is definitely the one to watch. Yeah, I think for me, it's that. And I do believe the AFC North and NFC North are two divisions that really excite me. But there's one thing we can all agree on, and everyone at home as all well can. It's nice that the Patriots aren't in that conversation anymore. Yeah, 
<laughs> do, do you know about my Patriots hatred? Do you, do... Um, no, but I can, I can imagine it's the same as everyone else's. <laughs> oh, I've, I've I've had it in for Brady for a long time as well, and it's like no, I just yeah. And when we when we lost to him against the the, uh, the Buccaneers, I was yeah, I was ready to take away. I think I was ready for the straight jacket after that. And also, two years before that, it was the for me still until maybe the Bills Cheese game, the best game I ever watched. One of them, at least, the uh, Patriots Chiefs eighth championship game. Mahomes' first one. That was that was some game for me. Uh, I mean, I actually, we should have gone through. We should have gone. Should yeah, have gone through on that. There was a um, was it Frank Clark? Who was the guy who had that? Um, no, it was D Ford. D Ford was offside. Yeah, yeah, D Ford was offside, and uh, that was that was it. That was that was nailing the coffin for us. Yeah, I mean, I must say, actually, I never actually, I've always hated the team, but I've never hated Brady or Gronk. Everyone else, different story, but I, I just found the something Gronk. Obviously, that's obviously why he's quite likable. But I just found Brady. I don't know what it was. He just endeared me. I don't know what it is. I just think there's something about him that it, I don't know. I think it's the way he goes about his game, the whole his diet and all that, and the way he just he's six round mm-hmm. pick. That story he has, I think that you know, if you exclude the flake gate, I think I think there's a lot to like about him. And um, I, I don't know. I know a lot of Dolphins fans give me stick for that, but I just think that. Everyone else around, but Belichick and all them, yeah, different story. But I found Bel- Brady and Gronk were quite, I found them quite likable. But obviously, didn't want to win games, but I was, you know, they were quite likable. I found. Um, yeah, yeah, you found you found that a lot of fans were. As soon as Brady retired, there was a lot of respect came out of some fan bases. Um, I'm not there. <laughs> I'm really not there. I'm really not there. I'm like, I'm still scorned and still hurt by the fact that he uh, he was in an AFC East. Division, which was just crap for tw- for two decades, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll die on that hill. <laughs> no, no, actually, I was actually I was actually in Birmingham on Saturday, um, oh, not realizing he was going to be there, and also I didn't meet him. But yeah, I, I looked. Also, then I I my train back to Hereford was about I think it was two forty five three. So I'm yeah. on the train and I'm seeing that Brady was in the Birmingham pub. I'm thinking, I've just been literally in, I felt it's I felt like a, I think it was a quarter of an hour drive away yeah. from where I was. I'm thinking, I was, without realising, just oh so close to Brady. But um, I mean, yeah, I, I don't think many of his Birmingham fans would have known who he was, but, or like the NFL, you never know. But if you're in there and you're an NFL fan, I must have been so surreal. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, it's funny because I think I don't know what I'd be like if I actually met him. If I bumped into him in a pub, mm. I don't know what I'd be like. Whether I'd be like <laughs> proper, like you know, scornful looks at him, or you know, you know, you're looking at my pint badly. Um, I don't know. I don't know how I'd be with him. Um, I'd probably have a chat with him. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think I'd have to, wouldn't I? And get a, probably a photo with him and something like that. Oh. Maybe do the bunny ears behind his head or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I, I'm sure I'd respect him if I actually met him. But yeah. Yeah. I've still got that horrible, evil kind of, you know, evil empire that uh, I'm trying to crush in my head, I think. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure if I, no, I got a bit of a hatred towards CJ Gardner Johnson. And I, I, I know for a while that if I bumped into him in a, in a bar or a restaurant or something, I know for a while that I'd, I'd probably want to, want to get a photo of him. Cause I remember <laughs> I, although I know I did actually, I was on a plane recently to Spain and Matt Hancock was on my flight. Yeah. And, um, what do you do there? What do you? Uh, well, it's, it's one time where I actually didn't want a photo as a celebrity. I mean, I'm, normally I can get like starstruck around famous people, but it's yeah. one time where uh, obviously there's more. There's more story where he actually came up to the Hindu that was behind us, so um, he was actually quite near us at one point. But um, yeah, it's one time where I've actually not wanted to actually speak to a celebrity. It's um, and I think, but I do think if I met C.J. Garden Johnson, I think I probably would be quite nice to him, even though. In my head, I'm like, you're just a horrible person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, but hey. But we will um, end the podcast there. So uh, first of all, thank you, Brad, for coming on and rejoining the no show. Problem. No problem at all. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you very much, and I've enjoyed it too. And we will catch you guys for our next season preview, which is going to be the Philadelphia Eagles. See you guys then. Bye.